My friends, I cannot wait to introduce you to this special episode. Throughout the whole episode, I kept telling our guest that I wanted to listen to this over and over and over again, and I thoroughly plan to. So I want to introduce you to Brooke Snow, our special guest today, and she is sharing more about her self-love journey to weight loss and how she took a very different, um, non-traditional approach to creating change in her body. And she's going to share today all about how she did that and what that might look like for you. So if you're in a space where maybe you feel like you're trying all the things or you're tired of doing things that you don't like, or you're tired of feeling frustrated with your body, shame about your body, all of that, this episode is going to be a game changer for you. So I hope that you'll give Brooke some love. Um, This was an incredible podcast and I cannot wait for you to listen. Welcome to the Woman of Wellness podcast, a show for the woman who wants to make peace with food, love her body, and find joy in exercise and movement. I'm Elizabeth, exercise physiologist and women's nutrition and wellness coach here to spread the message that it is absolutely possible for you to enjoy food, exercise, and your body without guilt, shame, or regret. To the woman who is fed up with dieting, feels trapped in a body she wishes she could love, or who lets food and fitness rules overtake her life, it's time to put a hard stop on diet culture and discover wellness within. My friend, you are already a woman of wellness. Your worth is more than a number on the scale. You are worthy of showing up in love for your body today and every day. On this podcast, I want you to show up as yourself, beautifully imperfect and gain confidence to accomplish anything you set your mind to. I believe that every woman has the gift of knowing what her body truly wants and needs within herself, and I'm here to help you discover it. Join me each week for conversations about food, fitness, weight loss, and wellness to help you achieve your goals and love taking care of your unique body. It's a lie that wellness has to be hard, painful, and downright miserable, and I'm ready to link arms with you and experience the joy of wellness together. Okay, my friends, I am so excited to introduce our special guest today, Brooke Snow. She is one of my favorites in the online space. And I was just telling her before we um, hit record that I have loved everything that she shared about habits and how to create um, and how to create change in your life and habits. And she has a really unique and cool story about creating weight loss and body change with self-love and working through that way. And there's so much of us that around here that have, you know, shamed our bodies to change. And I really wanted to take a unique approach today toward this idea of, of loving self-love habits to create change. So welcome, Brooke. I'm so excited to have you here. Will you please tell everyone a little bit more about you? Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited, especially this topic is one that's very close to my heart, has played a huge impact in my life. And I love to be able to dive in and share that with other people. Um, as you mentioned, my name is Brooke Snow. I live in Northern Utah. I'm married and have two awesome kids and I teach creation. I founded the creation coach school. We have a certification program where we train coaches and how to help people uh, be better creators of their life. And I also teach 
uh, Christian meditation, which is a, a really important tool that I use for creation specifically. And so you'll probably hear me use the word creation like over and over and over again. <laughs> and so just to like give a little background and explanation for that, um, I see that we are all creators. We were made by the divine creator and our responsibility on earth is to learn how to be better creators ourselves. And I have developed a framework. It's not anything new. It's like totally been around in the world since the beginning of time, but I've just put a language on it. And it's what I call the law of creation. Um, the world refers to it sometimes as the law of attraction. And I've been able to put that into a, a gospel-based language. I don't know if you want me to give a little 30 second recap of that, but I feel like it's really helpful in explaining my story and also just being a helpful framework for our discussion today. The law of creation includes a few different components. And this law of creation, by the way, is something every single one of us are using all day long, every single day, <laughs> whether you're aware of it or not, it is working all the time. So creation includes what we see, what we say, what we feel, and what we do. As you repeat those, that creates who we become. Um, what you see and say is usually referred to like as your thoughts, but I like to separate them because our words are really powerful as well as the images that we have in our mind, see and say, our feelings, our emotions. <laughs> and then of course we have um, our actions. And a lot of times, especially with um, weight loss, we really focus on the do. <laughs> That is like what I would say exclusively most of the like efforts and teaching and all of that focuses on the doing. you got to exercise more. you got to eat less or whatever the strategy of the day is and totally disregarding like the other part, which is how do you see, what do you say and what do you feel? And the see, say, feel part, I group into what I call spiritual creation. And then the doing is physical creation. Both of them are important. And one of them like prepares the other. And I also like to show the difference between those two is like the iceberg analogy where you have the tip of the iceberg, which represents like 10%. And then you've got everything under the surface of the iceberg, which is the 90%. And I would say that the physical creation, like what you do is the tip of the iceberg. It's everything on top. It's still super important. And yet it's totally informed by everything underneath the surface. That's the spiritual creation. It's your thoughts and feelings, what you see, say, and feel. And so it's been fascinating for me to see how this works um, in everyday life, in my relationships, in my goals, in my challenges. Why is something really hard? Oftentimes it's because how I see it, what I'm saying about it, what my feelings are, which creates my response, like, you know, the actions, what I'm doing. And, um, so it's really empowering to, to see how that all lays out. And then to know that I have the power to intentionally change it that I could actually change the results I get by changing what I see, say, feel, and do. Yeah. And I love that you fit so well around here because we talk so much about our mindset and the stories that we tell ourselves, the stories that we tell ourselves become 
the actions that we take, right? The choices that we make. And it's so funny because I know this in my head, but even when you were saying this, I was just thinking, so you're saying that summer, I have made it feel like summer is really hard trying to work and kids. And I'm like, how can I change that? Because it has, it has kicked my bum. And I just was kind of thinking the same thing. Even before we hit record, I was just thinking like, it truly is about how we see it, right? How we see it first and, and how we choose to see it and say it and feel it and do it right. That we have the opportunity to choose to change. And you brought in that word intentional change, which I really love. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you know, it can be hard to change something like you're saying, like the summer's so hard and the schedules are gone and it just feels difficult to have everybody here. And, um, what starts to feel natural is what has been repeated many, 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 many times. And so changing, uh, you know, that spiritual creation, what we see, say, and feel can feel really awkward at the beginning. Just like, Oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pick a new thought. I'm just gonna pick a new way to see this. And you know, that is exactly what needs to happen. And it's important to remember that it has to be repeated for it to start to feel natural. It has to be repeated enough times that that becomes the way that is the autopilot way. And so just a little encouragement there for anyone who might feel like, well, that feels a little bit hard to just change it. The, the reason it feels natural with whatever mindset we currently have is only because it's been repeated so many times that that is like the, the easy way to think and feel. And so the encouragement is in choosing a new way or a better way, more supportive or healthy way, know too that it's going to take some time to repeat it so many times that then that new way becomes the easy way. Yeah. That kind of almost feels like a breath of fresh air too, because especially when people feel overwhelmed with this idea of trying to think about some, trying to change the way they're thinking, it, it's like permission to say, let it, let time be your friend, right? Yeah. Let time just be your friend and know that even if it doesn't feel who you are right now, you have evidence that you have created that in the past. We just want to shift it into something different. Absolutely. And again, I'll use the word creation and I look to nature because it's like so much evidence in nature of how things are created. And it takes time. You look at those little seeds you plant in your garden and, you know, some spring up faster than others. When I plant my lettuce, it's up in five days. And when I plant those carrot seeds, it takes weeks and weeks and weeks. (laughs) And, and only if I'm like constantly nourishing it with water and pulling the weeds and things like that. And so it's a total process. And I think if we can come into it, knowing I'm here to work, like I'm here because I want to nurture something better. And I'm, I'm, dedicated to putting in the effort that it will be to make that happen. Yeah. And one thing I would add to the plants, like they don't rush the process. So often nope. we want to rush it, but they just know that they grow in their own time frame, Right. And if uh, we can just come to that conclusion for ourselves of like, okay, there's a time frame here. And maybe I don't know what that time frame is, but I know that it's the right time frame for me. I love that. So true. Which kind of leads me into I wanted to discuss a little bit more about your stories because you've shared your story um, where you used kind of self-love practices and, and, and creation or habits, whatever you want to call it, 
to change your body, to lose weight and sustain it. Will you share a little bit about that story with us? Yeah. So I have struggled with weight many times throughout my life. (laughs) And there have been times where I've had an eating disorder. I think back to ninth grade, I lost 20, not 20. I lost 50 pounds between eighth and ninth grade. And that was hundred percent because of my crazy invented idea of like what to eat. I gave myself a plan of like, you can have 18 fat grams a day. That was back in the nineties. That's what I was focused on. Cause fat was bad in the nineties yes, <laughs> and, and I lost 50 pounds and I also was starving and, you know, it wasn't healthy. And I remember like my, my skin changed and my hair changed. It was more brittle. And, you know, I also probably went through a growth spurt. So that probably played into it as well, but like, um, it was focused on what, what did I do? Well, you know, I altered what I was eating or not eating and that created change. And then I, you know, fast forward to college, getting married, um, most particularly having children, pregnancy. And my first child, I gained 90 pounds in pregnancy. And I, after um, my first child discovered like real nutrition and like the power of eating whole and natural foods and getting rid of preservatives and artificial everything (laughs) and chemicals and all of that. And I became really um, fascinated with just nourishing my body. And so with that, like me and my husband did an overhaul on the way that we ate. And like I say, I gained 90 pounds. Maybe it was actually, I think I gained 80. I gained 80 and I lost 90. So it was all the pregnancy weight plus 10. And that was just from changing what I ate again. (laughs) And, and then I kept that off and then I got pregnant with my second child. And I, I have to say like from that, uh, eating transformation, we've maintained that as a family, like we have really high standard for how we eat. I I feel like there's a lot of things that I am still struggling with in life. And then there are some things I'm doing good at and eating is one of those things. Like I'm super proud of the fact that like I make things from scratch and I like, um, I'm just a really healthy eater. And so I get pregnant with my second child. And again, I gain a bunch of weight with that. And I just couldn't lose it. And like my eating didn't change. Like I was healthy before I'm healthy after what it, what it had been an easy fix in the past just was not working this time <laughs> and would not come off, would not come off. And I, of course, as many women can probably relate, I'd look at myself in the mirror and I would feel fat and ugly and frumpy and um, not liking my body at all. And like, what's wrong with you? Why are you, you eat healthy? Yeah. <laughs> and even like increasing my activity, um, you know, for a long time, the belief I think has been that it's calories in and calories out. And so you watch what you eat and you burn the calories. And that's like the, that's the main method I think for weight loss that has 
been around for a really long time. You know, the, the diet protocol may change, but just the idea of yeah. um, eating and moving your body. And then I came upon a book that was really interesting. It's called the Gabriel method by John Gabriel. I don't know if you're familiar with that book at all, but it's super interesting in the book because he talks about how we can put weight on our bodies, not just from how much activity you're getting or what you're eating. So those would be like the doing of the love creation, right? He talks about how we can put weight on our bodies because of any reason that our body can go into a form of protection. He said he was 400 pounds. He was in a high stress job. His, his boss was like, so, um, scary to him because he, he would lose his temper. He would fly off the handle. And he said that he, he believed that he put weight on in that job as his body's form of protection. Like mm-hmm. you got to keep yourself safe from this person that you're working with every day. Like, and, and you think about it, like extra weight is, it's a barrier. It's a protection. You know, you could put weight on because of stress, because of a traumatic experience. Um, any reason that, that your, your mind is um, creating just to have some safety. And, and, and for me at that time in my life, um, I think there was a direct connection to not just food or movement, but I was in a, a space where I wanted to hide from the world. Um, I had actually cut all my hair off. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like this great fashion statement. It was not a great fashion statement. It was horrible. I felt so ugly and I just wanted to hide. I didn't want to be seen. And this was right after I'd, I'd had my second child. And I, I think it was so traumatic to cut all my hair off that it was like, nobody can see me like this. And it was like a traumatic experience. And I believe that my body interpreted that as you must hide. We're going to hide you with all this extra padding so people can't see the real you. And that was my form of hiding. And so it just became really fascinating to me just to see, oh, there are other reasons that our bodies can put on that weight. And there are reasons why you can do the diet and and change what you eat. You can do the exercise. And sometimes it just doesn't work. (laughs) Like the formula doesn't work. The weight doesn't go away. And sometimes those are, are physical things. Maybe there's hormone imbalances or other um, systems in our body that are out of balance and they need to get back in balance. And also I think that there are mental and emotional things that can play into that as well. And so here I am not able to lose this pregnancy weight and I realize nothing's working (laughs) and I know I'm healthy and active and I'm like, something has got to change. And I'm learning about the law of creation at this time. And I'm, I'm realizing, you know, the language that I'm speaking to my body is a language of shame. It's a language of hatred and frustration, disappointment. And I just, you know, nothing else is working. I wonder, I just wonder what would happen if I actually changed the way that I'm talking to myself? What would happen if I changed what I was seeing and saying 
and how I was feeling towards my body. What could happen? Nothing else is working. I might as well just like try a different approach. I'd never tried that approach before. And so uh, this is in 2018. And I'm a meditator. That's something that I am passionate about. I teach meditation classes. And so it was an easy habit to bring into the weight loss experience. I already have a habit of meditating in the morning. And so I just added in some affirmations. Like I'm talking super simple, um, spending like one to two minutes a day in my meditation time, just focusing on being loving and accepting to myself. And my favorite mantra that I teach people is I love and accept you and you state your name. And so I say that every morning I have for years and years and years. <laughs> it's one of the most powerful mantras I know, but I love and accept you, Brooke. And, and then I would affirm, like I, I would say, I love you body. And I would bring in visualization and I would see myself in moments throughout my day, I'd, I'd see myself, and, and this is how I was spiritually creating what I needed to do. So I, there were actually, it's true, you still need to do stuff, but I would spiritually create it and see it in my mind of what I needed to do. So I would see myself drinking water and I would, I would use an affirmation and I'd say, I am drinking water. <laughs> I am moving my body. I am knowing um, what foods are best for me to eat. And I am knowing how much is enough. And I am, I am, and this is another great affirmation I used was simply, I am listening to my body and I am one with my body. And, you know, I said that affirmation, I am listening to my body and I'm one with my body. I said that over and over for months and months. And I don't think I noticed a difference for a few months. Notice that there's a time span that just happened there, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I noticed a much of a difference. And then one day, like my body started talking to me and I started listening and I noticed like my body would say, you know, you don't, you don't need to eat that. And remember, I'm already a healthy eater, but it was like getting even more precise as in it's, you're going to receive more nourishment. And what is actually in this food over here is what I need more from you than this food over here. Still all great options, right? And, and even listening to my body say things like, it'd be really awesome if you took a nap right now. Yes. <laughs> it'd be awesome if you like went to bed because you're tired <laughs> and like, um, just listening and, and, and noticing like, the, um, I am listening and I am one. And that just became a more of a partnership. And I did too affirm, uh, actual numbers on the scale. And I, I will say I, I had a goal weight that was like 40 pounds out. And I remember saying that like, I am, and I think it was like, I am 160 pounds. And I remember I couldn't even say it. Like it felt so unbelievable to my body that I would like have a physical response. Like I would just like close up and it like hardly even be able to say the words because it felt so unbelievable. And, and so I tried something that was, I think an inspiration. It's like, well, why don't you just pick something that's a lot more believable? And so I picked a weight that was five pounds away, not like 
40 pounds away. It was five pounds away. And I could say that like that, that feels believable. Like I can do that. And so all this stuff that I'm telling you right now is just like some quick visuals and some affirmations that took less than five minutes, less than five minutes a day. I would say, I mean, I meditate much longer for other things in life too, but for the actual like body love and weight loss, it was probably just a couple minutes a day. That's it. And I began to lose weight. It was amazing. And I have to say, it was not like all of a sudden I lost 20 pounds. No, it was two pounds a month, two to three pounds a month, which is not very fast. It is not your 30 day fix whatsoever. But within one year, I had lost 30 pounds. Mm. And the only thing I changed was how I was talking to myself. The only thing I changed was that um, speaking in love, those affirmations and loving and accepting my body. That was it. And 30 pounds, it was, it was dedication, (laughs) you know, for a meditation habit. And I already had the habit. So it was uh, easy enough to put that in, but who wouldn't like a year can seem like a long time to lose 30 pounds. And yet what happens when you don't do anything and you've gained 30 pounds in a year, right? Like, so anyway, that, that first 30 pounds came off without changing anything, but that, and, and then at that point I was in a coaching certification program and we were required to run a Spartan race as part of our certification. (laughs) And so my activity level, I like consider myself active, but it like majorly increased and I also started to notice because I'm affirming I'm listening to my body. I'm one with my body. Um, my body started to not tolerate um, grains. And so I went off of grains and being grain free and training for a Spartan, I lost another 30 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I want to point out right there, like lifestyle definitely plays a part and um, fast forward. I'm no longer training for a Spartan. My activity level has changed again. Like I was running three miles a day. Now I'm training to climb the Grand Teton in just like four weeks from now. And so the activity of running three miles a day versus hiking like a thousand feet elevation every single morning is different on my body. I've bulked up more with what I'm doing now than just like running and my body can tolerate grains again. And so I love grain and I want to eat it. (laughs) And so I went up about 15 pounds from there and that's kind of where I've leveled out. And I just bring that up because I think it's important to, to know that it's natural for our body to fluctuate, you know, with weight, not to get hung up on what the numbers are specifically, like even in in a single month, depending on where I am in my hormone cycle, I will fluctuate five pounds, you know? Um, and, and where I am lifestyle wise, like just the activity and the way my diet is right now is going to be different than what it is when I'm totally eliminating food groups. And I've got a different level of activity. Um, but I bring that up to, to say like, 
I think it's important, first of all, to know that there's fluctuation, but can I love and accept myself um, regardless of what the number is? And because there may be times in our life where something happens and we do gain weight. Maybe we have to go on a certain medication and one of the side effects is weight gain, or we get a certain disease and, or we get an injury and we're sedentary or there's just certain things that happen in life. And when we have a, a mindset that places our value on the scale and it's sort of a, I will love you if you fit into this size of clothes, or I will love you if you are under this certain benchmark weight, um, then we're, we're setting ourselves up for failure because there is fluctuation with seasons of life, pregnancy, right. And all, all sorts of things like that. And so for me, it was amazing to learn to love and accept myself, learn to love my body and listen to my body. And that, you know, took off weight. I've seen lifestyle changes, take off weight and then, and then put a little bit back on and to not freak out about that you know, that I'm able to, to look at it as like, that's exactly where my body wants to be right now. And that's perfect for me. And I love and accept me, um, as I am and know that as I can create that partnership of, I really am one and I'm listening and I'm loving like the, the numbers become something that's not a reflection of my worth rather. They simply become data. It's just data for me to be able to, use, um, for making decisions and, uh, possibly changing lifestyle habits or just knowing where things are at. Like it's just data. It's not a reflection of my worth because I love and accept myself. So I said a whole lot there. That's a, (laughs) there's the story of my weight loss, but I am a huge believer in the power of that spiritual creation and really speaking love to ourselves and to our bodies. I just love it all. I've been eating it up over here um, because it's so applicable to everything. Like we could apply this whole concept to weight loss, to finances, right? There's so many things. And the word that just kept coming up to me is like unexplainable almost like, you know, so often in the wellness culture, it's like, like you said, A plus B equals C, drop the calories, increase the exercise. This is the outcome. But you brought something in from personal experience. Like this actually happened, right? It's not a concept. It actually happened in your life where you learned how to become one with your body. And this is the saying that is so big around here is that I believe hundred percent women are capable of creating change for their own bodies. They're capable of knowing the needs of their own bodies and creating that change. And it's so beautiful how you demonstrated that as soon as you became one with your body and we, we cut out the outside world and what everyone else thought and said, right. There's, you came inward and you said, what does Brooke need? What does my body need? And it was so cool because throughout everything you shared, you could just catch it. Like, I'm going to tell everyone to go back and listen to this again, because you could just catch those little pieces that you were like, Oh, my body didn't tolerate this. Oh. And then my body did this. And it was so cool because it came from you. Mm, Yes. Yes. 
because I think the the world of weight loss and nutrition and diets and all of that, we have a tendency and we've done it for decades and decades. We have a tendency to give our agency away. We have a tendency to think, oh, the experts know better than I do. Yeah. Um, here's the research. Grains are bad. Fats are bad. Oils are bad. Like whatever, like the trend is for the moment. And we're like, oh, I'm not supposed to do this. And so we, they know more than I do. And it's, it's like listening to the voices out here rather than maybe I could check in with me and say, Hey body, (laughs) what do you think about this? What do you need? And that's been it's a really different experience to take the agency back and, and become your own authority, not like letting everyone else be the authority over what I should be doing with this amazing body that I have that is full of wisdom and knows exactly what I need. Um, but it, it, it takes some unlearning sometimes to uh, let go of the noise and to check in because your body really does know. It is full of wisdom. It absolutely knows, but sometimes we have to learn how to listen and how to tune in. Yeah. And I am like a hundred percent on board with that idea. Cause that's what I teach around here. Do you have like a, what would you say to maybe someone that feels like this concept is hard to grasp? You know what I mean? Like it just, oh, yeah. is like, <laughs> how do I start doing this in my life? Maybe that's where we go is like, okay, I see that this has worked for you. I understand your process, like, but like, how do I put myself in this scenario? How do I create that for myself? Um, I absolutely understand how all of that could seem wild because it really does go against that A plus B equals C, right? Like it goes against what all the experts are teaching and what we've learned for our whole lives. And, and yet I just kind of, bring it back to the question that I had of like, well, is that working? Is that working for you? Because I got to the point where I'm like, it's not working. Why not try a different approach? Right. I mean, Einstein's attributed to saying um, insanity. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And so is it working? Like, you know, even looking at certain diets and things like that, um, a lot of times they do work. The challenge is that they aren't sustainable and it's really hard to stay on something like that long-term for the rest of your life. And just like me going off of grains, it was what I needed to do for a, a season uh, to help heal my body and my gut. And then I was okay. And, and I did not want to be grain free forevermore. <laughs> and I just needed to listen and, and tune in with that. Um, as far as like where to start with something like that, I feel like meditation is the most powerful tool because it incorporates every single one of those elements of creation. See, like I brought in visualization. I'm changing the images that I'm seeing in my mind. Mm-hmm. Say, I'm actually using words. I'm using mantras and affirmations. Feel like what you see and what you say, it influences how you feel. Like it cultivates a feeling, it grows it. And the do, I even brought the do into meditation because I would visualize myself doing the things that I needed to do. (laughs) I could see myself moving and drinking water and like having good, healthy habits and taking care of myself. Um, And then just nurture that and uh, it creates. And so 
of course, I'm going to plug the meditation just because I feel like it's of all the tools available, it, it like, it incorporates all of them. Like it just does all of creation and it doesn't have to take a long time. Like it's a really simple thing. Um, I tend to work with a lot of people who are Christian and they already have a practice of personal prayer. And so I teach people how to turn their prayer time into meditation time. We're just going to transform this habit that you already have (laughs) and we're going to make it meditative prayer instead of like having to add in another habit, something that's new, but there's all sorts of strategies um, for integrating new habits as well. And I would definitely say that you can, you can add in like a, a meditation habit that was, it's only a few minutes long just by, um, making it small for one, not thinking oh, I have to sit down and do a 20 minute meditation in a quiet room with incense burning and like a little cushion to sit on. Um, but tying it to a behavior, maybe it's after I get dressed, I'll put my hands on my heart. I'll take three deep breaths and I'll say, I love and accept you. Like it could start as, as small as that. Um, the thing with that though, is the consistency. And I, I, I'm a firm believer that the reason it worked for me was because I daily nourished the seed and I gave it time. It wasn't, Oh, I'm a weekend and nothing's happened. The scale's not changed yet. You know, even a month in where it's like, well, there's a two pound difference, but is that part of that like five pound fluctuation? Like, I'm not sure. Right. (laughs) I had to keep going a few more months and uh, just giving it that time. And it actually became something that it, it wasn't an experience that was so much outcome based after a while, you know, like, Oh, I am here. So I can like drop all the weight. It became uh this is actually enjoyable. Like it feels good to say nice things to myself. Yeah. It feels good to um, be still and to give myself some love and attention and nurturing right now. And so it's, it, the process was enjoyable. And I'm like, how many people can get to the end of a weight loss journey and say they love themselves more and they're happier. And like, part of, part of what I do too, is like part of my weight loss journey was working on forgiveness, forgiving myself and forgiving other people in my life, because I realized going back to weight is not just calories in calories out. I was carrying weight of offenses and grudges against other people. Those are bricks in my backpack. And so my whole process for losing weight was, can I lose the spiritual weight, the mental weight, the emotional weight? I want to get rid of all of it, not just the physical stuff. I want to be lighter in my spirit. I want my heart and my mind to be lighter. (laughs) And so meditation is this time to be able to work on those things too. It became enjoyable. I loved the process. I mean, there too, who can say after they're done losing weight, my relationships are better. And I actually like love other people more. And I love myself more and just feel like my soul and my mind and my body are one. They're more in alignment. I love that. And as you were talking, I was kind of thinking, you know, one of the criticisms or one of the things that might pop into someone's head is like, do I have to do that forever? And what you brought in, my simple answer usually is yes. And it's because 
you want to do those things. And so you have a forever habit of movement. It just looks different in different seasons, but it's because you love to take care of your body and you value movement, right? And so, yeah, like those habits become who you are. And now, like you said, they are enjoyable. They're part of your lifestyle rather than a traditional diet that is like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that forever. Well, of course it's hard to get your mindset wrapped around this idea of like doing something forever. But what you're saying is it became who you were and that makes it something you want to do forever. Which is, it makes all the difference, right? Like when you're actually choosing in, you're using your agency to say like, I want this. I'm choosing this. Not, this is what all the experts told me to do. And okay, I can, maybe I can make myself do this for 30 days. Like it, it doesn't feel like there's as much power of choice. Feels more like a duty or I have to do this rather than I choose to do this. And one other thing I'll bring in, I see you've got the tiny habits book right behind you. <laughs> Love that book. It's super powerful. And one thing author BJ Fogg says in there that, you know, it's a quote I could cross stitch and hang on the wall as monumental for life change. And he says, people change when they feel good. Mic drop. Let's say that again. People change when they feel good. So plug that into what we've been talking about of even just how we talk to ourselves and how we take care of ourselves that I think the reason that we change when we feel good is because number one, your body and your spirit are totally going to respond more to the language of love than the language of shame. I even look at that in parenting and I, I can parent both ways. I can parent in shame and fear. (laughs) You better do this or, (laughs) or I can parent in love. And I'll tell you one is effective long-term and one can only be effective short-term. My kids will change if I scare them into it, but it doesn't create a long-term loving relationship and it doesn't create long-term change for them. Um, if, if I can initiate a good feeling in my parenting, then they're more likely to um, comply and, and work together to cooperate and our body is exactly the same. And so I just love that, that whole idea of people change when they feel good. And to, to look at what you say, like, do you need to move the rest of your life and like eating and like all that stuff? We'll find something that you feel good doing. That's when I counsel people on movement, it's like, there's not a perfect thing. The perfect thing is what you love to do. Maybe it's dancing. (laughs) Maybe it's hiking, riding your bike. I hate going to the gym. I hate it, hate it, hate it. (laughs) Some people love it and it's totally their thing. And it's like, you just pay attention to what it is that you love to do because then you're going to want to do it. And then you're using your agency and you're enjoying the process and it becomes fun. And when you feel those good feelings, which are part of creation and that whole law of creation, it changes what you do. You're going to want to do it. And even more so you're going to want to repeat it because that consistency is like super important to that whole process. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm telling you, I cannot wait to go back and listen to this like two times (laughs) over to like get all these golden nuggets. So full of wisdom. And I love, I just love 
what you've had to share with us and the power that has come through this episode. That's what I just, I feel like it, it was very powerful and, and very different than maybe anything that people teach and there's power in that. And so I just want to encourage anyone listening to, you know, to dive in, to ask your body what it needs to, to come to that space. Like Brooke said, is like, start feeling good, right? Get to a place of goodness. I am good. And, and, and starting there. So thank you so much for joining me today and, and sharing so many power, so much powerful wisdom. I just, I feel a little bit speechless because it just feels so good. Um, but will you share a little bit more with all of us where we can find you and learn more from you? Because I know after this episode, everyone's going to be like, I need more of this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. It's been a joy to be here. I love talking about this stuff. Um, I have a podcast on iTunes, the Brooke Snow podcast. Uh, My website, brooksnow.com has some great free resources there. I have a free law of creation course for anyone who's piqued by that idea. Like, oh, what is this see, say, feel, do become like, I want to learn more about that. I have a free course that you can find there that goes on a deep dive into all of that. I have a free meditation course for people who want to get started with meditation. Um, I also do have a meditation course. I'm going to tell you the title of it and then I'll explain it. It's called love more way less. And So the whole concept is exactly what we've talked about today of um, how can loving myself help me weigh less? And I, I say that in regards to all of our energy bodies, how can I weigh less spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically? And that course, I share lessons um, on my own story and principles of losing weight. And then there are, I have guided meditation recordings. So if that is interesting to anybody and they're like, oh, I, I like those affirmations that she said. And if you, if you feel like that'd be helpful, then there's a whole course that guides you through on yeah. just that. And we'll put all those links in the show notes because I, I feel like that is so special. I've done, I've done your, a bunch of your other stuff and it's so wonderful. So I'm really excited about that one. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. It really has been a pleasure. I, we, we appreciate your time. Thank you. Happy to be here. Okay. My friend, if you love the woman of wellness podcast, did you know that one of the biggest ways you can say thank you is by hitting that subscribe button and leaving a review. This helps the women that need this message have more of a chance of seeing it. And if these messages speak to you, why not share the love? I genuinely care what you think of this podcast. If this particular episode resonated with you, just copy the link and send it to a friend or share it on social media. Make sure to tag me at a woman of wellness and I will be sure to send my love right back. And while you're at it, just come hang out with me on Instagram. I share lots more support over there as well. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for being here. I absolutely mean it.